Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Timothy. Today is episode 682, and we're looking at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 1 through 2a. Let's read the passage. All who are under the yoke as slaves should regard their own masters as worthy of all respect, so that God's name and his teaching will not be blasphemed. Let those who have believing masters not be disrespectful to them because they are brothers, but serve them even better, since those who benefit from their service are believers and dearly loved. This is Paul's letter to Timothy. Paul has left Timothy in Ephesus to deal with a problem. The specific problem is false teachers. There's a group who are leading the church astray, away from the gospel, and Paul has assigned Timothy to put a stop to this, to deal with leadership. And so he gave some mandates for the requirements for leaders, specifically overseers and deacons. And he's talked about how to deal with various groups in the church, older men, older women, younger men, younger women, and specifically how to deal with the widows. Then he talked about how to discipline elders in the church. Now he's continuing some general issues of how to deal with people or deal with specific groups, and the group he's dealing with now are slaves. It's an area that's troubling for us in our society, so we say slavery's wrong, and it, this seems to almost support or at least accept slavery as an institution. Paul has addressed slave-master relationships a few other places, like in Ephesians, where he talked about relationships between husbands and wives, children and parents, slaves and masters. Similarly, in Colossians, he had a very similar dealing with them. Now, when he talks about husband and wife, he refers back to creation. This is something that God has established, marriage. When he talks about children and parents, he refers to the fifth commandment about honoring your parents. Again, this is something that God has established, is this idea of family and how they should relate to one another. Now, when he addresses the issue of slaves, he never appeals to anything like that. So he's not saying because God has established this as an institution. In fact, he encouraged slaves who were able to, to seek their own freedom. In 1 Corinthians 7, 20 to 22, he said, if you're a slave and you got the opportunity to be free, go for it. Because slaves could buy their freedom or earn their freedom uh, in, in certain circumstances. So he encouraged that. So while it's not part of God's design for relationships, it is part of the fallen, messed up world. And so Paul's not trying to reform society. He's trying to tell Christians how to live in the world. And his concern is how they relate to one another, how they follow God, and how they relate with the world around them. Chapter 6, verse 1, he says, All who are under the yoke as slaves should regard their own masters as worthy of all respect, so that God's name and his teaching will not be blasphemed. Well, here he says, all who are under the yoke as slaves. The yoke, that's burdensome. That's what you put on an oxen, a pole, a plow, or something. So he admits here, this is burdensome. This is tough to be a slave. He says all who are, he's specifically speaking to Christians who are slaves. That's the only ones that this would apply to. 
But what he's doing here is making no reference to whether their masters are believers or not. Because he does specifically talk about masters who are believers a little bit later. But here he says, all of you, all of you followers of Christ who are slaves should regard their own masters as worthy of all respect. Now the word gets translated respect here is that same word honor that was translated as support when dealing with widows and double honor when he talked about the elders. Here it comes up again as the idea of respect. The slaves who are believers should respect their masters. And now he gives the reason for that. Not because they're respectable people necessarily, but so that God's name and his teaching will not be blasphemed. Now what's he saying here? He's saying that our conduct reflects on our faith. Our conduct reflects God. So are we responsible for how we behave, particularly with unbelievers, because that reflects on God. So he's saying that if you want to represent God well, then basically be respectful to your master if you're a slave. Because here it's an issue of evangelism, allowing your faith to be seen in your conduct. Now, verse 2a, he specifically deals with those who have believing masters. He says, let those who have believing masters not be disrespectful to them because they are brothers. But serve them even better, since those who benefit from their service are believers and dearly loved. Well, here it's a different reason. Before, it was to all slaves that are followers of Christ. They should act respectful to their masters because that reflects their faith. It's how people view them as Christians. Now, specifically, with dealing with a believing master, it's more about one another kind of thing. Be respectful to your believing master because they're brothers in Christ. Now, elsewhere, when he talks about slaves, he often talks about masters. And there, the challenge to believing slave owners is treat your slaves well, especially those that are brothers in Christ. Treat them especially well like you would a family member. Now here he's just speaking to the slave end of things. Be respectful to your believing masters because they are brothers and serve them even better. And he says because they're the ones that benefit from your service, they are dearly loved, loved by God. So he's saying view them as brothers in Christ. Now some might think you know, if they were a slave, they had a believing master. You're supposed to treat your slaves as brothers in Christ. They might say, well, that means I can slack off and get away with something. Paul's saying, no, no. Do what you're supposed to do and be respectful to your master, especially if he's a believer because he is your brother in Christ. Don't expect him to let you get away with something. Now, what's the takeaway for us with this? Well, is specifically applicable to slaves in that society. But the, the takeaway is be careful how we act, that we act in such a way that people see our faith and how we act, and that we not be lazy or trying to get away with stuff and others 
see that as a, a poor reflection on us as followers of Christ. And similarly, when we're dealing with fellow Christians, don't think that we're going to get special treatment and get away with something. Say you're in a job and your supervisor is a believer. Think they're going to treat me better and let me get away with more. No, no. Work even harder. Be more faithful. Allow them to see your faith and allow others to see your faith. So Paul's goal in this is not to change society because that's way beyond the ability of Christians to have any influence over. But he's just telling people wherever they happen to be in society, live your life well in a respectful way, act respectable, and allow your actions to show your faith. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Timothy.